So if you are not like solid and steady, consistent in your personal devotional time with the Lord and like who Jesus really is to you, like how you discern the Holy Spirit and his voice and all those rhythms, um, I think just get really solid in those areas. But also not just spiritually, I think like holistically, just physically, like, are you working out? Like, what are your eating habits? Are you like sleeping? And just kind of those things, your mental health, how's your mental health? Do you need to go to counseling for anything or all of it matters because you need to be the healthiest you to be able to carry out the mission of God. Welcome back to Beyond the Surface. My name is Ezra Gill, and here we aim to have God-centered, meaningful conversations relevant to students and young adults. This episode is the second part of our interview with Hunter Gibbs. I'll be asking more about her story, her thoughts on calling toward ministry, and even her views on singleness. If you enjoyed our conversation, we'd love it if you followed us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, and if you shared this episode with a friend or on your socials. Thanks for joining us, and we pray today's episode encourages you to discover God's call on your life. Hunter, thanks again for joining us on the podcast. I want to kind of continue our conversation on you uh, working full-time in ministry uh, and what led to that, and particularly how has it impacted and strengthened your relationship with the local church as well as your love for God's people. So if you could just talk a little bit more about what are some of the things you do uh, in our church, where do you serve, and where do you work in, and you know how has that kind of uh, changed you? I have been telling people that I do a lot of a lot of little things in a lot of areas. My role has shifted quite a bit since coming on, but largely it's been working with our generations department. So birth through high school, kind of each um, director or coordinator kind of helping them um, like ready in the vi- environment and prep service and those kinds of things. And then more recently, I've been um, focused kind of splitting my time half and half with events and hospitality. So I think one of the cool things in ministry or just like in life with the Lord, how he's just constantly unfolding and like revealing to us more and more of himself, but like also more and more of like who we are to him and like how we can bring him glory, like how we're uniquely made. And so I've been a little surprised. I love hospitality. And so that's not an area I think in going into ministry, I would have said like high school, uh, like that's where I want to be like all the time, 90 hours a week. I still love high school and that's still like top tier of like where my heart lies, but the Lord's really shown me like how hospitality and just like different elements of the local church, every aspect of the local church is meant to kind of like set the table for people to come in and have the same as I did, like an experience in like a space that should have an open door. Yeah. That the spaces and places and people and volunteer teams and every aspect from start to finish of a service is like ready for people to encounter God. Um, I want to know, I know every church operates differently and every church functions differently in a logistical sense. Mm-hmm. W- what are just a few things that you just learned that you're just like, wow, I didn't know that this works that way. You know, maybe it's something totally random or maybe it's something really big. But... The church is so quiet during the week for the most part in the sense of like, you know, our church specifically is a mega church. So it's like jam packed on Sundays. But then during the week, you know, people are busy, like it's active, but there's not as many bodies in the church. But I think just the work that each individual carries and the amount of things that they do, because we're not a large staff by any means. And so um, I think I'm just floored by that. Like today, 
I got to like, <laughs> it sounds so silly. Like even when I'm explaining this to my parents, like I get laughter from them because they're like, you get like, this is ministry. And I'm like, yes, because it's part of like, it will mark one of these children's stories. So I cut out these door hangers, the middle school director, she is or not middle school elementary director is talking about Sabbath on Sunday. So one of the elements of service is making these door hangers that the kids are going to do in a breakout and it just says rest on it. And so it'll kind of like, you know, they'll be able to take it home, put it on their door, you know, kind of make a little moment for like mom, dad, whoever to kind of recognize that, you know, their kiddos like taking some time for rest. It kind of like marks their heart too. And, but, you know, I cut out 85 of those today and like, you know, that's something objectively you could be like, why does that matter? Or is that the best use of time? I know all of these questions like the enemy will come in and try to throw at you. But I think I've just learned that it's all valuable. And like any work that you ever do, if you do unto the Lord, um, has purpose. I know personally for me, I am a product of our church's kids ministry and just kids ministry and youth ministry in general. I am just so grateful for all the different staff members and leaders and so many individuals, people who I don't even know anymore. All these leaders and youth leaders who took time to invest into me, to talk to me, to pour into me, to serve me. Um, I just have such a huge respect for everyone, um, both volunteers and staff who serve in generations and kids ministry, even you know, as low down as, as preschool ministry. Because I just think yeah. all of them have such a crucial role uh, in that child's faith. And they, they certainly played a role in my faith as well. Yeah, they're amazing. And I think that's my favorite one of my favorite aspects of our church is it's very, our mission is very focused on reaching families and we're kind of staged and set up to do that. And so I think that's been a huge blessing too, just kind of seeing like the interconnectivity of every department from preschool to high school and how we have the opportunity to really like intervene in a family's life and say like, Hey, here's a place like not only for mom and dad, but also as you are trying to raise a family, here's a village, like a community of people and here are spiritual leaders and like, here's the tools to help them. And like, it's crucial as ever to help families stay on course and um, yeah, to have like biblical teaching, personal relationship with Jesus for every single member of the family. Like our church is able and has the resources to do that. I love that so much. I just think of that proverb, uh, teach a child in the ways that they should go. And when they are older, they will not depart from it. Right. I, I just think that if you get get it in there when they're young, you know, it's going to stay in them and it's going to really help them uh, develop their mature their faith as they grow older and they're not going to leave from it. I think, too, I've been so reminded, like, because I obviously come from a background where my parents were religious but didn't have personal relationships themselves with the Lord. There wasn't a Bible in our household, even though we had so strange. We had like Bible scripture on our walls, but I didn't know where it came from. Like most people would agree whether they have a relationship with Jesus or not that in, you know, specific to the U.S., like we're a post-Christian nation mm -hmm. and there is like a clear assault on families. I'm so proud to like be a part of a church. And I think that like global church at large is like, rec I mean, that's our mission, right? To like go ye and it's like crisis intervention. And so I'm super proud that like our church is targeting families because, you know, for me, like I long to be married and have a family of my own. And because of the church that I got to be a part of and implanted in, like I have a solid foundation, not only in Jesus, but like also what it looks like to be like a biblical wife and mother and all those things. So I'm excited just to see like those generational curses to be like broken off of my family. And it's cool to see it play out in other families' lives too at our church. 
I want to get into what you were talking about when you were mentioning all the things that you do and all the hard work that is required in ministry. And, you know, I actually have a friend, I interviewed him earlier, um, who also works in ministry, who is full time at his church. And then also my brother as well. My brother uh, is a worship pastor at our church. And I've just come to realize that ministry is so much work. Like it is hard work and it requires dedicated people to work hard and to really kind of just get in there and just just get the hard work done for the sake of the sheep, of, for the flock. I just want to know, we, we did an episode, um, we just released it earlier, about hard work and the importance of hard work in our faith. I guess, like, what, what are your just thoughts on just working in ministry? Where is this line of like, oh, are we supposed to work hard or should we just be trusting in Lord or is, does God want to see us working hard? You know, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this? Like, that's probably the biggest lesson I'm having to learn. Um, because there is like a, a real pressure in it. And I don't know why, because it's not like you're doing in theory, like in ministry, you should be acting in such a way that you would be, whether you were working for a church or not, you just have the privilege of being paid for it. But I think because of that honor, you like recognize the the responsibility of it. It just doesn't turn off. Like I'm finding like from the time I wake up until the time I go to sleep and I don't even oversee like one specific like a department like I don't have like a a ministry that I'm responsible for specifically so I can't even imagine like ministry is definitely hard work and and do you like that kind of a job where you're just kind of all over the place or would you kind of wish you were kind of in one place and with you you had your responsibilities and they were the same every day I prefer I definitely have always been someone who prefers to be like not number one but I want to be the best number two if that makes sense. So I love coming alongside people who have something else in place and really helping them like move it forward. And I think I am quite adaptable. So I enjoy like every day looks different. Um, and I think that was one of the things that initially like drew me into um, healthcare. And I like the kind of like interdepartmental like connection that we have and that I get to be in a lot of different areas. So I don't mind it. Um, but I'm excited, like I'm doing my best to kind of lean into the areas because obviously I'm not graced to do everything. Um, so doing my best to lean into the areas where I feel like, okay, there's like a special something on my ability to do this. And so just kind of pressing into those. What would you kind of offer? What would you say to to anybody who is looking into putting themselves in full-time ministry, um, whether it be at a church or whether it be somewhere, uh, some other kind of ministry, and they really want to put themselves in there, perhaps uh, is taking a role similar to yours? Like- I think I would have done a better job. And this is like my advice to you, like get really solid in your habits, like your just daily rituals, especially if you are single, because I have never found it more challenging um, to have my personal devotion time with the Lord than since I've come on staff, I started working in full-time ministry. You can be fooled to thinking like, oh, I'm in ministry, like I'm in the church every day. And I'm like doing all these things. So like I, I'm close to God. I'm in his house. So surely I don't need to do these things. And it just kind of pulls on you. Um, but obviously when you step into ministry to varying degrees, like you're going to be tasked or given the opportunity to really like pour into other people, just have just more opportunities to, because that is your job. So if you are not like solid and steady, consistent in your personal devotional time with the Lord and like who Jesus really is to you, like how you discern the Holy Spirit and his voice and all those rhythms, um, I think just get really solid in those areas, but also not just spiritually. I think like holistically, just physically, like, are you working out? Like, what are your eating habits? Are you like sleeping? And just kind of those things, your mental health, how's your mental health? 
Do you need to go to counseling for anything or all of it matters because you need to be the healthiest you to be able to carry out the mission of God. Um, I really want to revisit uh, the topic of calling, not necessarily just into ministry, but just calling in general. Everyone I'm talking to, uh, including myself, I was in that season too. Nobody knows what to do with their life. Nobody knows what am I made to do? What am I supposed to do? What has God called me to? And to be honest, I actually kind of feel as though us believers are actually worse off because we're just kind of sitting around waiting for God to say something when God wants us to move and do something before he gives us the next step. Just what are some of your thoughts um, to anybody who's struggling in determining what they want to do with their life? What are they going to do like tomorrow or next year? Take off the pressure of like feeling like you need to do anything for God, because before you do anything for God, you just need to be loved by God. Like God is so much more concerned about you being with him than what you do for him. Now, obviously, like if you are devoted to the Lord, like, of course, you're going to want to do for him. Um, But I think just like receive, like receive the love that Jesus has for you and just take the pressure off that you need to like do all these holy works because that's not the case. I do recognize like that calling conversation um, because I think we are really, we're realizing it's in our faces, like how much the world needs a savior and we know who he is. So we so desperately like want to be in position to be able to like deliver that message, whatever that looks like. But in doing that, I think there's like a wrongful pressure that we put on ourselves. And so prayer is so powerful. The Lord really wants to speak to us individually about every detail of our lives, where he would place us, what he would have us do. And I think it's also um, a limit to saying like you only have one calling because you have multiple. Like I, as I stand now, like I do feel a call to vocational ministry. Like I do believe that's what I'm supposed to be doing for my career. Like I believe that's what I'm supposed to put my hand and heart to. But I also know that I'm called to be a mother. So I, you know, if that means like I do both at the same time, like, I don't know what that looks like. So I think it's not like college guys where like, you're going to go, you're going to choose your major and like, God's going to give you this thing. You work the like four-year procession line, which mind you, none of us ever really graduate in four years anymore anyway. So just like drop, like drop all that really just have a conversation with God about like how he's made you and like where he would have you be and like, enjoy the process enjoy the process. Like, like it sounds so simple, but you know it to be true because I'm certain you've had seasons in your life where you've done this and it works. It's proven. It works. It's all throughout the Bible. Like it works. Talk to God and he will show you what to do and how to like endure that season. I kind of feel to some degree, it's, it's kind of a myth. I mean, it it isn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I actually think God has divinely called us to something, but like you said, it's not just one thing. It's a whole lifestyle. I feel like people get so caught up in what has, what am I called to do? What's the thing I need to do? And they're so future minded, which I I feel like is good. And, you know, God gives us a vision for a reason. We're meant to run with it. But I think what people, the question people need to be asking is what is in my hand right now? What do I need to do right now? What, what's, what has God called me? Has God called me to this city? Has God called me to this church? I know for me, I never left my hometown when I graduated high school. I stayed here. Um, I did all my school here. I was plugged into my campus ministry here. I just felt like God called me to this city and to Mm -hmm. this place. And people were, you know, kind of asking me to, you know, come with them to over here or to go with them in this direction. I I just, I I knew what was in my hand and I knew I might not be here forever, but in this season, for right now, God has called me to the city and to this campus. So yeah. that's where I was. And now 
you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've left the campus, you know, cause I've graduated, but I'm working full time and still serving a lot in my church. I, you know, I, I don't really know quite how to describe it, but like, you just know, you just have this peace that surpasses all understanding that you're right where you need to be. And, yeah. and things change is the thing. A lot of the times people don't realize like the job you work today, it might, you might not be working there three years from now and that's okay. But for where you're at right now, that's where God called you to mm-hmm. be. So you got to run with it. Yeah. And I love when you were talking, it reminded me of like just being future minded. I think we get so fixed on like what and where, but really it's who. And so like, guys, just open your eyes to like who is in front of you. Like, so whether that's the people in your household, your family, your friends, if you're plugged into a church, if you're looking to be plugged into a church, like who is right in front of you that you can reach, who you can draw closer to Jesus. Like that's the calling that is on your life. Like that's going to matter when we get to heaven is like who we've reached, like how we utilized and like took the opportunity of our sphere of influence and like brought the gospel to those spaces. I want to uh, ask you um, kind of a spicy topic uh, just in the church uh, and just in our culture. And that is the area of singleness. I know this is a topic that we've covered in the past and we really want to revisit it and do a full episode on it. Um, But just for now, while we have you here, we just want to hear your thoughts just generally on singleness and security. You know, how is it that we can be secure while still being a single individual? Where have you uh, seen that in your life? Again, how do we maintain our identity and just be confident in who we are when the world around us is invalidating us just because of our relationship status? I think a lot of my perspective of singleness, dating and marriage is skewed a little bit because I of my parents divorced. And so I've had to work pretty hard with the Lord about believing for him to redeem those kinds of things. Like even earlier, I mentioned like feeling a call to be a mother. Like I've always had that, but I haven't always had a call to be a wife. Um, So I just figured I would adopt and I still want to, but um, now I definitely feel called to marriage. But I think my biggest piece of advice, I think in singleness and just walking in your like identity in Christ and just being secure and enjoying, like simply enjoying um, singleness, I think it's just knowing, and this might sound harsh, like knowing that God is like most concerned about like his glory. So if you like you date to get married, point blank. And so if you partnering with another person, if you getting married, bring God glory, like he will see to it, barring that like you are obedient to that. And if not, then that's okay. Like then that means that like your life as it is like partnered or not, like brings God just as much glory. So I think I say that all because I feel like we put, I've said this so much throughout this podcast, like we just put so much undue pressure on ourselves. The church, I don't know if it's so much the church, I think it's just Christian culture. And I think probably American culture too, like interwoven in there of like a picture perfect ideal, um, or even in like a post-Christian nation, like that's still something that like, even people who don't, know like the meaning of a covenant sharing your life with a person like getting married is a great thing and like starting a family so i think just getting really clear about marriage is not the pinnacle of like bringing glory to god and like your only pursuit should be to like pursue him like partner with god before you get so concerned about partnering with someone else and the caveat to that is if like if you feel a desire to be married God honors that and you should honor it too, but you should lay that at his feet. Like that's not something that you should like keep like as a carrot in front of you. And like, that's the only way, like if, and when that happens, like then I can surely do something for the Lord. And you could throw anything else in here too. Like 
the callings that we were talking about, like starting a family, purchasing a home, getting into your dream job, like all of those things, God wants to use you like right where you're at. So I think that would be my advice, especially like I'm speaking as a woman, like to young girls, young women, get really solid with that, that like you're not lacking anything because you are not dating because you're not married. Maybe you don't even want to like, I don't know. And even if you don't want to have kids, like all of those things, like you are not lacking or like God's not holding out on you. Cause I know I say this all, like I've known heartbreak. I've dated really poorly and I'm like currently in a, a really healthy relationship and trust the process, trust the Lord in it. And like, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not letting Jesus walk with you throughout every aspect of dating in your tears, in your excitement, all of it. So just let him in. So much of the culture and, and the church in this nation really makes us feel invalidated and makes us feel as though we're not enough if we're not in a relationship. And it makes us feel like we're missing out. And there's just this FOMO. And ultimately, um, like we feel as though like we're not you know, living our life to the best, or we're missing out on all the great things of a relationship. When, you know, when you look in the Bible, like marriage is a gift, but so is singleness. And there's so many benefits and there's so much um, that you can do as a single individual that you just maybe wouldn't have the time for, or you wouldn't be able to properly commit to. I guess, how have you seen uh, singleness more of as a benefit than a hindrance in your life? And what would you say to anybody um, who's, you know, struggling and seeing the gold in the season that they're in, in singleness? Yeah. I definitely think time, like I think just margin, there's just more time to like get into the word. There's more time to like, just listen for his voice. There's more time to have like a spontaneous worship night. If you feel like it, there's more time to like join, you know, a million small groups. There's just more time to kind of serve. And there's just more time to just seek him and how he wants to like use your life individually. Because the moment that you start pursuing, like partnering with another person, then like, obviously there's a safe way to like, there's boundaries, like until you're married with them, you're not partnered with them. But obviously when you start dating and you're dating intentionally and dating for the purpose of marriage, you're now having to kind of like pinch in on like, okay, how can like the two of us like missionally do something? And there's just, it's kind of slowly becoming like, how can God use the two of us? So I think just the time aspect, singleness can be really lonely I get that. I think I am very aware of that when I have to like cook dinner for myself. Like some days it's like, you know, it's just a little sad. It's like I could either like cook a large meal and eat that for like five days in a row or I can eat like, you know what I mean? I was really intentional with or I just trusted the Lord to like kind of fill in those relational gaps of like where I wanted to date and where I wanted to like take that first step towards marriage and dating someone like he just showed up with like amazing godly women and friends to like fill it in with like, and not just like gloss over it, but to really like to stand with me. And like, I have lifelong friends because of how I sewed into other relationships in singleness. And the reality is like the kind of friend that you are and the way that you kind of like navigate friendship, I think is one of the greatest teachers to you in terms of marriage because hopefully you're, you have the kind of people around you that are closer than a brother, the kind of people that are iron sharpens iron and really know you and kind of mirror back the ways that you are exemplifying Jesus and the ways that you're not. And the reality is like, that's what marriage is in the simplest of ways. And so I think lean into friendship. 
Hunter, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I kind of feel like we just picked your mind and just got all sorts of wisdom and encouragement from you for the past hour. So we really appreciate having you. We just think you're amazing and you're such an example of God's grace and just in your life. So we're super encouraged by your story and everything that you have to share. Uh, thanks so much, Ezra and Ryan. I'm like really proud to be here and I'm really proud of you guys and all that you've done uh, with the podcast and all you do just in the daily, like in your life and how you share the word and gospel. And thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube to keep up with all our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our conversation, be sure to share this with a friend or on your socials. We'll see you again for the next episode of Beyond the Surface.